Hello and welcome to the 21CB thing. <laughs> I'm Damasara and I'm here with Tarapata and Singharava. Hello. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> it's Great three to people see you. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very excited. Great. Well, um, no, I'm very excited because Singharava and I, we go way back. Way back. <laughs> we've lived together. We've done loads of activities together, young Buddhist activities, and I'm um, just very happy. It's the three of us now. We yeah. can share inspiration. And um, I think we just plunge right in. Let's go. Let's go in there. And uh, well, we have, like last week, we have quotes. We bought Buddhist quotes. So I just hand over to Singarava mm -hmm. and you can present your inspiration with us. Okay, cool. It's <laughs> a very exciting moment to sit here with you two. It's an honor. It's an honor. Oh my God. Yeah. So um, I think, I mean, I, I decided to bring a poem that is uh, on my mind uh, or has been on my mind mm. in the last days. Mm. Um, and it's by Sangharakshita. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I probably read it first and mm. then we can mm -hmm. see if we uh, can go deeper into it. Mm. So this poem is called The Golden Flower. Mm -hmm. So love grew up between us like a flower, though neither made a sign or breathed a word, content to watch it growing hour by hour and see its petals by the breezes stirred. At length, it grew to such a breadth and hate. It stood there like a mighty forest tree with thousand glorious petals golden bright, and I could not see you, nor you see me. And so the flower, for both, is all in all. Though each is in the flower, the flower in each, and each in each forever past recall, a mystery this, beyond the grasp of speech. <laughs> you look really serious. <laughs> <laughs> That's the face you're supposed to have when you listen to poems. Yeah. Yeah, a serious face. It's poetry. Poetry yeah. face. Serious, serious yes. aunt. Very yeah. highbrow. Yes. Mm. That's probably the most highbrow thing we've done here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very good. No, I like the... Mm. It just reminds me of the, the thousand the thousand petaled lotus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember? It was a poem that we also used uh, for the Young Buddhist Convention exactly, in 2017, yeah, which was an uh, inspiration back then for the mandala of the lotus petals mm. that we created. But I think, I mean, I really love it because it talks about something that is really, it's not easy to grasp at the first place. But mm -hmm. then I think, um, yeah, it talks about love as actually the goal of the spiritual life somehow mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and also the um a way of completely losing your ego mm -hmm. mm. and yeah like the flower is something that is there and it's there for the people who participate mm. in creating it yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. somehow and they lose themselves and i think that's quite inspiring in a way so is it a kind of mm, a metaphor for meta Yeah, yeah meta being a metaphor. Yes, uh, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> Could you read the first verses again, maybe? Mm -hmm. The first lines. So love grew up between us like a flower, though neither made a sign or breathed a word, content to watch it growing hour by hour and see its petals by, and see its petals by the breezes stirred. 
it's this, it's this lovely image of something springing up, but there's no apparent connection between the people or well communication or, or whatever, but it's something that goes kind of, um, that goes beyond them in a way and goes beyond the people. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a conscious thing because it says, no, though neither made a sign or mm. breathed the word. So it's not that you control it or mm. you kind of say, okay, this is what we do now. Mm. It's just something mm. that grows organically and naturally. Mm. And there's also this receptivity to just see it growing mm. and not interfere too much yeah. probably mm. with it. Um, yeah. Because that was, as you said, that was the inspiration. So in 2017 we did... Um, we thought we'd, we'd bring together loads of young Buddhists mm. from, from, from all over Europe oh. uh, to Berlin. And that oh, was yeah. kind of our vision mm. to, to think, well, um, how, how do you create a spiritual community with, mm. with people who come from uh, very, very different countries, mm. very, very different cultures? Mm. 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 So there needs to be something that goes beyond the people, mm. which is, well, you know, Buddhist practice, which mm. is inspiration, which is, well, friendship, really. Mm. And that sort of... Um, yeah, so we created the. It's still down in the basement. Yeah, know, okay, the, that's the, what the, it the is. Yeah. Is, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay, so in the basement, there's a there's a there's a kind of uh, hanging, not hanging, hanging. Yeah, like a hanging with a kind of flower. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's you too, yeah, yeah. and everyone else. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know these things. Everyone yeah. could create a petal and ah. just become part of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. yeah that that. Uh, what is this? is a, a super personal yeah. structure and super mm -hmm. personal thing. Well, that's yeah. quite interesting, isn't it? Because uh, um, that whole thing about ma mandalas mm. being stylized uh, flowers or a stylized lotus mm -hmm. in a way. Mm -hmm. And a mandala, well, it's a circle of some meaning, isn't it? A circle of friendship. And mm. uh, I mean, a mandala, what, does someone, what is a mandala? <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know. Mandala is... Um, well, I don't know, like concentric, it has concentric yeah. circles usually, but Circular, it sort of yeah. has a center and then everything else is sort of placed oh. uh, in accordance with the center. Yeah, so there's, so, yeah. There, like, that's, yeah, so there's like meaning, the most, mm. the highest meaning is in the middle in a mm. way and you, everything else in your life revolves around, mm. around that. Mm. Uh, mm. So yeah, well, it's, inter it's interesting. Yeah, it really, obviously it's something that uh, was part of Sangharachita's uh, I don't know because you can see him in many ways, can't you? You can see him in a kind of. Some people have quite a. I don't know. See him as quite a stern figure, or there's all sorts of different versions of him in people's mind. But he was very obviously. Uh, well, he he wrote a lot of poetry, and love was obviously his the, the main uh, driving factor. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. In his communication with people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, I think that's what strikes me usually in his poetry and also in this one. It's just the love, which is kind of tangible mm. in his words. Uh, there's, other, there's other great poem, uh, The Veil of Stars. Maybe we'll have to bring that in in, mm. an, in another episode. But mm. that just really t uh, touched me. Like it was such a, you think, oh, wow, I've never, it's a completely different person to, to, to his lectures, really, mm. because there's just this overwhelming love for, mm. uh, at first a person, but then it kind of transcends itself. Mm. So he goes from loving a particular person mm. and love not being, um, um, how do you say, um, it doesn't come back. So he, d he isn't being mm. loved back. So mm. it's an un, uh, unreturned love. But mm. then it kind of uses that to transcend love and it becomes compassion. Uh, it's this great verse mm. where he says, uh, you know, the something like the, the, mm, 
love bows at its at its master compassion and retreats mm. sort of mm. and compassion can arise yeah so something about that in that poem as well yeah it's true i mean it really speaks from a deep personal experience i think mm -hmm. that mm. what's or something that that is quite profound and I mean, I also love, um, because you mentioned that metaphor for spiritual love, and I think because he uses that image of the um, thousand glorious petals, like mm. at length it grew to such a breadth and height, it stood there like a mighty forest tree with thousand glorious petals golden bright, and I could not see you nor you see me. And I think it's because that is also the, the image of... Um, The, the thousand petal lotus mm. is the uh, Indian image of the the crown center, the psychic, the highest psychic center. All oh, right. Wow. Um, mm. So, so yeah. I think, yeah, it's also a metaphor for something that grows to such a spiritual mm -hmm. um, hate mm -hmm. in a sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I was just thinking is that you know it's a mighty forest tree, so I think that's quite important because that means that compassion or love is is something. You know, it's quite tricky sometimes to talk about love and think, oh, you know, it's a, it's a very sentimental kind of mm. uh, touchy-feely kind of thing. You know, I'm not, I'm not interested in that really. Mm. I'm, I'm interested about the, you know, the deep feeling for someone. You know, the mm. deep feeling for a person, the deep care you have for people. Mm. I mean, I think we have that in, you know, in the order you have friendships where where you really deeply care for people. But I can also translate then into people. I, I sometimes feel that when when we do newcomers classes, you know, when when I see someone, I just really You know, that can then kind of spill over as well and invite up more people and just really care for people. That's why we meet loads of people because we kind of, um, yeah, we try to, we try to, um, well, let them see the mighty forestry, as it were, yeah, mm. of spiritual practice, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and then I think because the four, because it's so mighty and it's, it's there in itself in its own right, you can really kind of let go of your own personal mm. identity and mm -hmm. ego clinging because you just mm. become part of it somehow. Mm. So, mm. yeah, so this is, um, yeah, you just become part of that flower mm. and somehow you're in the flower and the flower is in you and it's inseparable in a sense, but it's not you anymore. Like, yeah, so mm. that, that's... Yeah. Um, it's this, you, uh, you, you can't see me and I can't, see you yeah. I, yeah. And I and I could not see you nor you see me and yeah. then he goes on and he says so the flower for both is all in all though each is in the flower the flower in each mm. and each in each forever past recall mm. a mystery this beyond the grasp of speech so it's more like yeah really becoming mm. part of that mm. um Do you have do you do you have an experience of that? Is there something from your <laughs> retreat experience or something where you can kind of relate to what he says there? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I, I I can. I mean, I have had moments at retreats when I thought, ah, somehow, um, after a couple of days of silence, how people start to move, mm. like in meditation retreats it becomes really like this improvisation mm. and a dance mm -hmm. and we're all dancing together mm -hmm. somehow so mm -hmm. i i have a, i think i have an experience of something where yeah people together become a mandala of beauty somehow mm -hmm. oh yeah mm -hmm. and they're 
So that's that what comes in my mind immediately, but I, I probably... Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes there are moments when some maybe something different mm. comes, even if yeah. it's just for very short yeah, yeah, yeah. glimpses or... Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think especially in, I think it really talks about community in a way, doesn't it, that, that poem. I think the only way that I can uh, think of it in my own practice is, well, again, we've talked about it a lot, but the four-month ordination retreat, you know, mm -hmm. when all of a sudden it's not just about you, but, you know, everyone's going through a deep phase of transformation and then also just to sort of live with loads of, with, with those people for a long time and just deeply practicing, mm -hmm. it becomes... Um, something where you fill up the whole valley in a way, fill up the whole retreat center. I mean, I remember one one guy um, on my course saying after uh, after the four months, he said, "Well, um, we've he feels like we've been living in a palace because we we. I mean, if you look at the, <laughs> the huts that we lived in, there you know <laughs> they would leak, you know, would rain in them, and <laughs> there was no insulation, no heating, nothing. It was basically a little bit better than camping, mm. yeah, but." Um, At the end, he said, well, he feels like we've been living in a palace uh, because of the, well, it just highlights the strength of the mind, doesn't it? Kind of the, the our practice really, f you know, we were, it was filling out the whole, the whole valley. And, um, mm -hmm. well, again, Maitreya Bandhu, he, he, he made the comparison of, uh, you know, we, we, we kind of, we were living in double scale, which is uh, what, what Renaissance, Renaissance, Renaissance yeah. painters used, you know, because they didn't paint in perspective but oh. they painted in you know people are usually oh, as right. big as the house or something yeah. but it was in terms of importance mm. you know like a big oh, yeah. figure would be really important and oh, then yeah. a small figure wouldn't be as important mm. so it wasn't perspective it was double scale yeah you had different scales so he made a comparison yeah. of well we we sort of with our minds we've kind of filled out mm. the valley and kind of through mm. the practice through the brotherhood between us we we filled out the whole the whole mm. space yeah Well, you, I think that's interesting because you you do get a sense of what's possible on retreat. It kind of raises, I guess, it raises raises the bar, doesn't it? You know, you you do you can end up with a sort of uh, a mandala. So I, I wouldn't say it's a perfect world, but you know, you've got a sense of people that are really uh, aware of each other in a completely different way, isn't it? And and uh, when you when you leave, it, it's it's a bit of a strange experience. It feels like it almost wasn't real because it just dissolves at the end mm. of a retreat. But something kind of carries carries on from there. Especially if you keep going on a retreat and you're seeing the same people again and again. But uh, yeah, it's quite it's really something, isn't it? It shows you you kind of live in a completely different uh, completely different way to what what you would normally experience. And I think that's what people experience, especially when they first go on retreat. You know, it's it can be such a eye opener that you turn up and. Uh, Like, oh wow this is actually possible it's not fake it's not everyone's just trying to be nice to each other it's like well like the poem you know some some something arises between you all doing the stuff together without trying to push anything or trying to be be something mm. it just sort of arises by itself and gives you a sense of what's actually possible rather than one's day-to-day -day sort of runnings in a way mm. I think that I just remember the the strongest experience of that was probably also Um, those 10 days um, when Bante died mm. and mm. I was at Adestana at that time and mm. I, I think that felt really strongly like there was something there was just a bigger spirit mm. something going on between the community mm. and so everyone was just contributing on a very day-to-day -day, um, 
normal way and at the same time there was the, this whole consciousness something mm-hmm. that was much wider mm-hmm. present there and somehow some it felt really like all the things harmoniously integrated into mm-hmm. that and brought mm-hmm. that in a very peaceful way into into being so mm-hmm. i think that that was really really present there mm-hmm. so. and yet at the same time i think when you're on retreat and even if you're living in the in those ideal conditions um sometimes you can't recognize that it is ideal at the moment like mm. it, it, i think it just those those perfect conditions when they come together they it's the closest uh, i always i always imagine well it's kind of the ideal meeting reality mm. uh because sort of underlying you can feel actually yeah, this is the best way to live now but mm. at the same time your mind is still <laughs> well not you know you're still distracted you're still I don't know, don't like what that guy just said or something, you know, you're, you're still in your, in your, in your normal mode. But then when you leave those conditions, then you feel the pain. Yeah. Then you feel the pain of, Ooh, yeah, actually that was really good, <laughs> but I didn't, I couldn't recognize it at the time. Well, it's quite interesting because you can kind of it goes to show you, you do kind of collective collectively raise your consciousness. If you want to use that language, mm. um, which is why I think when you go off retreat again, it's quite sometimes quite difficult to want to go back on retreat because you, you know, completely different state of mind. You're busy, you're running around. And well, I, I think, you know, it's like, oh, do I really want to go and spend my time with loads of other people and wash up and meditate all day? And then you get there and you, and then your mind state changes again. Mm. And you remember, you remembered why it's like, there's two different minds going on. Mm. There's one mind is kind of on, on a hamster wheel and another yeah. mind. <laughs> the one that's on the hamster wheel doesn't want to go back on retreat. Mm. But then you get back on your retreat, you're like, wow, okay, this is possible again. It's yeah. a strange dance, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, actually, uh, my quote <laughs> that I brought is also from, is from the Dhammapada, uh, like last week, old, old Buddhist scripture. And it, I think it fits quite well, actually, with, uh, with the same topic. Mm. Sometimes funny how these things mm. go. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a famous one. I think you will know it. But I, I really... Um, I really like it, um, and it's kind of like a mantra in my head mm, mm. a lot when I talk, when I think about community and friendship. And it's from the chapter about happiness. Yeah, mm. it goes like this: Happy indeed we live, friendly amid the haters. Among men who hate, we dwell free from hate. Happy indeed we live, healthy amid the sick. Among men who are sick, we dwell free from sickness. Happy indeed we live. Content amid the greedy. Among men who are greedy, we dwell free from greed. Happy indeed we live, we for whom there are no possessions. Feeders on rapture shall we be, like the gods of brilliant light. Which for me is just a fantastic evocation of the ideal of the spiritual community. Um... That's quite interesting. Yeah. I was just thinking, you know, in terms of like a a vision for, uh, I don't know, about a people or a religion, it's quite different, mm. isn't it? Because you're, you're within a world and you might be surrounded by all this stuff, but you, you're still happy in a way. You've still found freedom within that. It's not like you're going to change the whole world. The whole world's going to explode and then something's going to come down and everyone's going to be rescued. It's not really yeah. saying that, is it? It's like you've got this kind of, well, frankly, this world's a disaster a lot of the time, but yeah. without getting into a kind of protection, protectionist thing where you kind of seal yourself off from the world, you can still, I mean, it's a bit of a turnaround. You can still be happy within that, mm. within that world and not in a selfish kind of 
retracted way. I think that's what drew me to Buddhism in, in the first place. You know, so, oh, this is just how it's going to be, isn't it? If it's ever going to work, mm. it's going to be like that. This world isn't going to change. It's going to carry on as it is. Mm. Um, but within that, there's these strange, you get strange formations of people that try and do this other thing <laughs> and they mm. can be happy within mm. that actually. And it's more, I think what, what this highlights these, um, these lines highlight is that you kind of you need to um plant the seed within the the mess in a way you know mm. you, you the, the 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 spiritual community mm. sort of has to start within in the mud in the mud the lotus again <laughs> the, the lotus, lotus. <laughs> yeah. there you go a thousand <laughs> in the, in the dirt in the dirt yeah and it also reminded me of um well it's very similar to the dedication ceremony some lines mm -hmm. of it although in the world there's strive mm. uh, and and so Yeah, and I think it's it's nice because that's what we we when we dedicate a place, that's what we're trying to do to yeah. create that space. Yeah, that's within the rest of the society, yeah, yeah. but mm. works on a different level mm. of mm. experience, mm. consciousness. Mm. 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 Yeah, it's a bit like you say with, you know, we don't we don't think oh some something will come down and kind of mm. or there will be an end time and then from there on there's the kingdom of heaven yeah. or something static but yeah. it's more like well you kind of need to see where, how to how to create those islands of um conditions really and it, i mean if you if you are on retreat you 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 those are those tiny islands you know yeah. like when you're on yeah. well those four months in goshi Loka, but also mm -hmm. just a weekend retreat here in Brandenburg, you know mm -hmm. it's very um fragile mm -hmm. like you can see your mind trying to destroy it immediately yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with um you know with, with all sorts of distractions or people just want to go home again or you know you mm. it's, it's very very subtle fragile thing mm. well that's interesting that, that's it though isn't it? i mean uh like in terms of uh you you're not looking to um well oh, god it's gone from my mind <laughs> mm, i had it and it went Sorry. no no <laughs> doesn't matter doesn't matter It's fine. Carry on. It's gone. It's good. <laughs> we'll come back. It's not we'll come back to. Come back Sometimes to it comes back. Like yeah. Later. yeah, it's coming. Mm. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's winding through the universe mm. into my brain at the moment. Yeah, but it's 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 probably really kind of. I mean, I I love those metaphors, the gardening metaphors mm -hmm. for the spiritual life, like mm -hmm. planting a seed and mm -hmm. trying to find conditions that it can grow, and, and that seeds can. Um, flourish yeah. somehow and that's probably being really conscious about the conditions that are needed in order mm. to make the flower grow and mm. make that become mm. a forest tree that's interesting because i met with a friend uh, recently hello fabian <laughs> mm -hmm. um and and uh what we were talking about you know how sometimes how difficult it is to follow certain rules or you know mm. to become a vegetarian or even to meditate every day and and i've recently um Or more and more I see how, how how it isn't about me and my kind of internal um, I don't know like am I a person who can just uh, uh, follow these or these these kind of rules or like mm. is it um, you know I'm not I, I've stopped thinking about myself as one who is disciplined to meditate every day or who is disciplined to to not eat meat or something mm. but I've really seen how in different situations and different conditions you 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 are a completely different person so mm. so this is you know i told him well you know when i was living alone i could never meditate in the morning like 10 minutes every morning was yeah. way too much for me yeah. <laughs> like i was just mm. but then singarava and i we we, we we formed this community 
and then it was quite easy because I knew there were people, mm. and you mm. you 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 have this. Um, I think people, are, I think we don't really realize how much um, we rely on conditions and other people also setting an example for mm. us. And um, because then it's quite easy, you know, if you have other people, three other people who meditate every day in the yeah. morning, it's quite easy then to just kind of hook on mm. and mm. follow that. Mm. Um, mm. So I think in this way, th this is this is the whole reason why we why we talk so much about community and mm. or also communal living or communal mm. practice because. I mean, it's quite it's quite um, astonishing when people go forth and live in a cave somewhere and mm. meditate. But I think for most of us, it's we need to just have a we need to have something to really ho hook onto, <laughs> mm. you know, to people who who are actually disciplined in one area mm. where you can just actually follow them. Um, I guess it relates to willpower as well, though, isn't yeah. it? Because you can only use your willpower to set up conditions. Yeah, you can't willpower your way through the spiritual life. No, I mean you can do that for a couple of weeks, and then you end up with a migraine, and it's yeah. it's all finished. <laughs> but you can you can use your willpower to do like what you two did. You can set up a community and choose who you live with, and you just know that these people there'll be a there'll be a kind of habit, some habits that will emerge that will be really positive, and they'll carry you through. But yeah, you can't. I think that's it's quite a big distinction. Though. For me, it was a big distinction just to figure out to have a sense of what. Uh, Yeah, how how this actually works. The fact that I can't just be heroic, you know, all the time. And although the heroic ideal is a big part of Buddhism, it's like you can't be heroic in that willful way. It's more like you've got to be smart, isn't it? It's like mm. you set up the, you've got to look at your life and use, make difficult decisions. But then hopefully those decisions mean that the decisions made and then what happens next carries you along a bit. Mm. Whether it's moving to a community or changing your work or whatever it is, mm. you know. It's very important, yeah, yeah. And in the in the scriptures in the Bali Canon, I mean, there's just there's so many uh, verses about like choose with whom you spend with whom you spend your time with. You yes. know, spend spend your time with spiritually mature people, but not with mm, spiritually mm. immature people. You know, mm. people because they're so they're so influenced in a way. Mm. Um, it gets more. I think that whole thing though it gets more and more subtle, doesn't yeah. it? Because in the beginning, it's like you might have a load of friends that are drinking a lot and taking yeah. drugs and selling drugs and all sorts of people like this, and it's mm. like, well, these people that's not working. Mm. But then you get in with other people, and then it gets more and more subtle, doesn't it? Because then you oh, end yeah. up with people, and in the end, you end up with in a situation like, is this person really energized in this, or is yeah. this a bit wishy washy? And yeah, yeah, it yeah. goes from being like really gross, like people that are having a very negative effect on your life. To actually, uh, anyway, yeah, hmm. yep. hmm. it's interesting. There was there was another quote I was looking at from the Sutta Nipata, and um, the whole the whole thing um, is about the rhinoceros. You know, the, like the rhinoceros walks alone. Oh yeah, uh, you should walk alone through the forest. Mm. Yeah, it's very very much a sort of. Um, well, it kind of appeals to your uh, individual. Um, Uh, faculty, you know, like you, you, you need to be able to live alone. But then there's one verse that says, well, "But if you find mm. someone who mm. is, I can't remember what it was, well versed in the scriptures or something, or you know, oh. um, deep in in training and and, and spiritually mature, then oh. then do follow him, do walk with him. If you yeah. can't find a person like that, you should walk alone in the forest, yeah. like the rhinoceros." Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, it is it, quite strong. I yeah, think. it is strong. I so mean, it's the only verse. <laughs> yeah, well, that's really something, isn't it? Yeah. And like, I guess the whole thing is to generate a culture. Mm. Well, to go back to the poem, in a way, you're generating a culture of, yeah, between you where you can achieve, well, achieve something. You yeah. can achieve something that's not just a load of people kind of with their individual skills, but you, like, yeah, something gets generated 
between you, which is sort of, when it happens, it's quite shocking, isn't it? You get a little glimpse of it. It's really inspiring. Mm. Well, like you were saying, it's like you lose, it's you kind of your your ego is attenuated or whatever the word is. It's, mm. And you end up with something more interesting. Mm. It's not less, it's, it's not like you evaporate, I think, just, you know, collectively, it's, it's kind of more interesting somehow. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, I think uh, it reminded me uh, um, the rhinoceros quote uh, of a sutta also where the Buddha also says, okay, uh, like if you happen to find um, company with people where you n notice that your heart matures mm, oh and yeah. uh, you... Um, and you actually gain insight and mm. you become, you make progress in meditation, then you should just stay. It's not that mm. he's, he's just saying like mm. there are different conditions. Okay. If you don't, if you, if, if you come, um, find company with mm. people and then you notice you're not developing, mm. then you should move on. Mm -hmm. But if you found some mm. people, then stay. It's That's not interesting. Like, it's a totally different yeah. way to navigate your life then, isn't mm. it? Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not based on your, uh, what you might call your individual achievements, but on, on what your, Well, it's a bit more existential, isn't it? It's like your immediate, like, oh God, these are these are the people that's actually going to allow me to grow, or you move on. Mm. Mm. But I mean, it's a completely different way of organizing your life, isn't it? Like what your direction in life actually. Because I, I don't know. It seems that these days, especially, you can kind of hop from city to city and you know do this yeah. here and do this there, and yeah. it's all about backpack. And yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but you're going to get your career going. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. But it's a completely different way of navigating the world, isn't it? So, oh, I've actually found some people that are actually on this and really going for it. I should stay with them. Yeah, it's a yeah. different. It's a completely different uh, set of factors to determine what you're supposed to do with your life, isn't it? Yeah. And just thinking about the the mighty forestry flower <laughs> that that is created through community. I think I was just thinking with you know with you know, this whole thing about insight and losing your ego, it's more, it's not that you lose it, uh, but it's that you can, as you said, you can let go into something bigger. Mm. So sometimes I feel that when, mm. you know, mm. sometimes in our classes mm. or, you know, mm. we have mm. the, we have the Friday night that the three of us lead. Mm. Um, it's something, it's almost as if you don't really lose your ego, but you all, you, mm. you start to feel like something else is emerging mm. Mm. below the surface. And this mm. is kind of how it feels like, I think. It's a language problem mm. we've yeah. got though, isn't it? Because yeah. I think that, I mean, it's, it's, I don't want to go on bashing the whole kind of <laughs> non-self thing. It's yeah. boring, but there's, there's a kind of language problem there, isn't yeah. it? Because it's like, you know, you, when you translate all this into, into the modern, you know, modern culture, or whatever, you end up with this whole slightly nihilistic, oh, uh, losing this and losing that and then you never really had an ego to begin with so you can't lose and it's all in, framed in a negative and it's very difficult to come up with easy uh, catchphrases that are memorable which uh, say that what you just said and you know in the way what this poem's saying it's like it's difficult to come up with something which says it's not just you losing your ego you is there's not an easy way to say you merge into something or you're moving into a much mm. broader um, non, almost non-personal, but they're not impersonal space. Hmm. There's no easy. You can't say, "Oh, it's called yeah. this or called that." Yeah, yeah. but it, that's essentially what's happening. Yeah, because that is a mystery. This beyond the grasp of speech. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's the final words. That's the punchline. Yeah. Yes. So here we are trying to talk about it, but yeah. you can't. You yeah, can't. it's yeah. really difficult. Yeah, yeah. And I, I also, I mean, something. Um, I also love that poem because the golden flower. Um, I mean, uh, Sankar actually wrote about it. Um, 
also um, because it is the the actual symbol and the myth of the Zen tradition yeah. where um, the ah. Buddha held up the golden flower ah. in his communication with Mahakashyapa mm. and he was the only one who to understand mm. um, what that meant and mm. all the others didn't get it and yeah, yeah, uh, so yeah. and so it, it was the initial act of transmitting something yeah. that is beyond the grasp of speech because yeah. it mm. is something yeah which Sankarakshita called the spirit of Buddhism yeah, yeah. that needs also be transmitted yeah the whole thing about it being caught not taught I had this conversation yesterday with Max hello Max and uh, <laughs> <laughs> just talking about this whole thing he was reading uh The Way of the White Clouds by Lama Govinda, this German yeah. uh, mystic, well, Buddhist friend of Sangharachita's. And just all this lineage of teachers, and it's like a force that just comes through the ages. And I think that's what gives me faith when I'm feeling a bit, I don't know it. Well, you know, when you get these horrible moments of doubt, that uh, just cripple you. But just this sense of like, all oh, right, Sangharachita was there, and he just got hit. Well, he got this force came over from Tibet when the Chinese mm. moved in. And these people that are really, and it's like, you can't teach it. You can't read it in a book. Um, you can read all the words. It's irrelevant. You actually meet somebody that's, that is that force that's been dwelling in that place. And that's how it gets transmitted. And then you think, oh, well, I'm a recipient to some degree of this, whatever this is. So let's not even call it something. Because like it says, it's like, it's a mystery to, to, to words. You can't kind of, You can't verbalize it. You lose it in the in the verbalizing. It just gets very wordy and technical. And actually, it's not the thing itself. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that is partially there's one of the wonderful things about the internet and at the moment, you know, is that you can kind of talk to people from all over the world. And yeah, maybe you can't get to a Buddhist center and all this, and that's brilliant. And something comes across the kind of digital airwave, so to speak. But actually, you have to be with people. Mm. You do. You have to be with people because there's something non. It's not. It's beyond uh, just a kind of information. Hmm. It's not just information, is it? Hmm. Yeah, it's the mind, really, isn't it? Like the yeah, mind meets, exactly. meeting the mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. I was just thinking about, um, well, the ungraspable spirit. Um, I think that has been the problem of Buddhism throughout all the ages to kind of really make people understand what it actually is because mm. uh well i mean starting first with the buddha obviously he mm. first thought oh no i can't teach any of this no one mm. will understand and then you know he saw that oh well maybe a few people will actually understand but mm. if you also then just look at you know just looking at buddhist traditions and throughout history it's mm. always like someone comes comes along says or has a has a kind of new formulation of a teaching you know like um Uh, it's like an, like a, uh, an emergence of inspiration, and then that kind of, and then people are like, ah, oh, okay, it's like that, okay, great, and then they follow that, mm. and then it, but then it de degenerates again, and then people kind of stick to the letter again. Why because does it the, degenerate? Well, I think it's because um, the spirit is gone. The spirit, because the, the spirit is manifested in the the people who, like you say, uh, you need to be with someone who is a great exemplar of uh, that spirit, mm. like. Um, so it's not it's not just the person uh it's not just the words it's not just the formulations but it's also the person you know trying to kind of formulate his or her own inspiration into something concrete and then obviously throughout the ages well, I mean, you do they get, will get lost yeah, but no. then someone else come, comes yeah. along because you, I think what you need is of course a degree of transcendental insight in a yeah. way like to to kind of nourish that spirit mm. and if if that gets lost yeah. then 
you can't kind of revitalize it yeah. somehow just yeah. from the letters. Mm. Uh, and in a way, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not just uh, an individual, is it? It's not just an individual. Well, it is a person, like someone like Sangharachita came along uh, and the conditions were ripe and then communicated something, but it is a, is a communal thing as well, isn't it? It's like yeah. if you have a, it's kind of like a, uh, I don't know about paradox, but it's like a, a bit like a paradox, isn't it? You've got, you've got a kind of a, a, a collective, well, it's like Sangharachita's whole thing, a collective of individuals and that's, that's the, that keeps the spirit of it. It's like you've got hopefully a number of people all kind of on the same page and, uh, you can walk into an atmosphere then can't you and you can't you can't just make that bring that out of thin air it's like some places you walk into you can tangibly feel it can't you you're like hmm you couldn't really say what it is but there's something there and other places you go you're like hmm yeah it's not something's not here mm. and that's then it's sort of dead it's formalism it's kind of clever words and blah 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 and you know some places are alive aren't they it's as simple as that and maybe i find, i just find that really i find that really quite it's like mysterious this whole thing of it traveling through time in a way this whatever this is maybe it splits into different rivers over here goes to japan goes to Sri Lanka, where all these different places ended up here but it's all the same it's kind of the same thing in a way but uh mm. working through multiple mm. people and communities and mm. uh and sometimes it sort of tapers off and sometimes it it kind of um the flowers mm. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> slick <laughs> podcast of bad bad jokes. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I was just thinking. That's exactly. I mean, I obviously I look into um, Japanese Buddhism a lot, and you can kind of see uh, individual people who try to create something, and then mm. they, they they really, you know, like Kukai or something. Oh, yeah. You can really see. Oh, there's a there's a something there with him mm. uh, that that really inspired a lot of people mm. Mm. and then you can then i don't know you look 200 years later and you already see oh it oh. starts yeah people start just like interpreting it in a different kind of way and mm. it starts to kind of mix with other things and it's not as clean anymore and then someone else comes along and says oh no no, no actually mm. the dharma is like that so it's always a corrective in a way mm. there's always inspiration mm. Mm. what the nature of inspiration mm. is that it can't be Uh, you know that it isn't slick it's mm -hmm. all it needs to be some sort of corrective or it needs to be um it needs to be free from 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 wordings or mm -hmm. something yeah. i think that, i think that's one of uh i mean there's many uh great things that sangrach has kind of given but one of them is that awareness yeah of whether you're the situation we're in yeah, yeah. so you don't just keep going and wonder why in 50 years you don't have any buddhism or your buddhist centers are all flatlined you know it's like <laughs> there's a i think people are quite aware of that within tree ratna which is one of the reasons i i i, I think it's great it's like oh okay yeah we there's, there's a sense that this it's not a given you know mm. there, there, you need to really be aware of this whole process and really be generating that spiritual heat <sighs> and it's really <laughs> inspiring as well to kind of be in the position of kind of having to think and reflect what is the actual mm. presentation of the Dharma for our situation mm -hmm. right now, right mm. here. So mm. I think like, because I think that that's also something that creates mm. um, intensity. It mm. creates something to not kind of just follow something that uh, mm. is mm. there and mm. there is a certain set of mm. practices, but mm. to kind of really think, okay, what's, What's mm. it's more mysterious though, isn't it? It's then? more mysterious because yeah. you really need to tr you need to become a translator or interpreter mm. for mm. 
the world in which you live. Mm. And I guess you need to find in in order for it to be alive, you actually it has to you have to find make it alive in yourself, which is a huge deal, really, isn't it? Mm. How that happens as well. Yeah. So I guess it's individual responsibility as well, isn't mm. it? To, yeah. mm. Well, the image I have for that is that you, you know you have a sort of we have the abstract, you have the ideal, you have the dharma, um, you have enlightenment, and then you're trying to kind of let it appear in the in the realm we're in right now you you, mm. you, you want you want those two worlds to meet uh, the mm. the plane that we're in right now the well unenlightened messy you know well mm. humane kind of kind of world you're trying to let that meet with uh uh the dharma the enlightenment i mean mm. um picking from christianity i mean this is kind of the whole myth of you know jesus becoming like god become man in a mm. way because mm. this is kind of what um, in very non-traditional words, <laughs> mm, mm, mm. <laughs> they wouldn't probably quite put put it like that. But they mm. would see. Well, is an attempt of showing. Well, yeah, you need. There needs to be a communication between. Mm. Uh, uh, well, the, the the highest ideal. You know, they would call it the divine, but we would mm. probably call it enlightenment or whatever it is. And then, so it's it's that myth of well, a being who's both. Um, uh, on a higher plane, but also on on our plane, so 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 he can he or she can talk in both languages, and uh, I think this is kind of what we are trying to do in practice is to try to sort of well be in samsara, be in unenlightened uh, uh, in the unenlightened realm, which changes all the time, but then let something else shine through mm. through receptivity through. Uh, but we've talked about visualization practices. That's a very um, good way of subtilizing the myth. Subtilizing, mm -hmm. no, I d whatever. I don't know if that's a word. Forget it. But you know the the whole thing of uh, uh, well, it's about getting real, isn't it? It's yeah. like there's not some. Well, I'd assume there's not some kind of fantastical world somewhere else where you know you've got this experience right now. And how do you how do you I don't know live at your highest somehow? Mm -hmm. How do you um, or what is it for a start? It's, you know, we will take it for granted, don't we, that we're just on this level. And I think it makes to do literalism, isn't it? Because if you stick on that level, then you think, oh, somewhere else is this other higher world where I'll exist in a higher world. And you kind of put off the work for a whole lifetime. Uh, it makes life a bit easier, doesn't it? It's like, oh, that's really, living a spiritual life is actually quite difficult. So I'll just put, I'll sort of put that off and do a few rituals. But it's really hard. I find it it's very hard, hard because you're trying to like that. you're trying to yeah. more subtilize your day to day yeah, yeah. moments. Yeah, you have yeah. breakfast. It's, uh, you know you've got stomach ups. So whatever's going on, there's all this stuff going on. That's like, oh, this is not the stuff. And it is the stuff. It's the it's the your mind, isn't it? And I just find that kind of inspiring. I thought, okay, even within this moment and this kind of, uh, I don't know, Monday. Yes, the, yeah, it's, it's oh, whatever dualism, yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah, I'm getting bored of my voice. <laughs> I think it's just the friction between mm -hmm. the ideal and the reality mm. that does the job somehow. And mm. it's great to kind of create that tension and mm -hmm. to always kind of become aware of the gap. Mm. Because then you also, um, I mean, I, I notice where the work mm. is that I need yeah. to do. And I also feel like it's good in order to get a sense of... Um, yeah, humility in a mm -hmm. sense. Like if you if you really notice the the the, the difference between mm. the ideal, it's a really good way of practicing. Oh yeah, you get humble, don't you? Yeah, it's very humbling in a way. A worm, you little worm. <laughs> no, but not in a negative sense. <laughs> no, I no, guess. no, no, <laughs> no, no. So.
So, but I'm, but I'm very, I, I, I mean, that's a big part of my practice because it's because I'm so bad with it. <laughs> because every time I go for on on retreat or, or on solitary, I think like my expectation is I will enter paradise. You know, and it'll be so easy, and you know, it's just Buddha land, and mm-hmm. I just do rituals like you say, and it'll be fine. And then I just experience this painful friction for most of the solitary until at the very end it's like oh okay yeah it's about but that's good though isn't it i mean in a way that's good because it's not about expecting something to come down it's actually you actually have to yeah but be here raising the bar do you know what i mean i think that's good because then that shows that you you, at least you you don't get into a state you think oh yeah i'm doing great and Mm. i mean like in a kind of clunky sense like oh yeah um because actually it's really difficult isn't it Mm. and and uh, when you go on solitary you just get faced with that immediately Mm. oh actually i'm not living at the level I want to live at. And I think that also brings us back to the question of the conditions, because I think there's also a danger of, like, for example, living in a community and meditating regularly, Mm. that you forget that this is due to the conditions that you have. And you might think, oh, it's... I, I'm a good yeah. meditator and then oh, suddenly yeah, yeah. you experience or no, yeah. it's me. Yeah, yeah. So I think Well, you can even turn off in those need... conditions as well, can't yeah. you? You yeah, live yeah, in a community yeah. and you think, oh, I've ticked all the boxes now. Yeah. I live in a community. I meditate every day. I'm doing it. Yeah, but that's not it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's something just something. There's, there's much, yeah. that kind of intensity. Yeah, yeah. And uh, where does that come from? Because yeah. I, I've done that myself loads. You know, I've ticked all the boxes, but I've just ticked the boxes. I'm just a bit tepid, lukewarm. So getting that real... Yeah, I don't know. Getting to that point where you feel kind of satisfied with your practice in a real way. Wow, that's that's a whole lifetime's oh, yeah. work. It, I, th- I feel like it takes, well, it probably takes lifetimes, doesn't it? To get mm. yourself together so that you're all the kind of uh, things, the, the, the kind of superfluous, the th- unimportant things just start falling away and you're kind of uh, funneled perhaps or opened into. So that's, that's like a, God, that's, that's, um, a big oh god yeah <laughs> it's, it's big <laughs> that would do jesus <sighs> where does jesus come from i don't know where does he come from that's yeah. the so that's my question what i wanted to ask is where's the, where does jesus come from <laughs> yeah that's my question from, from the heaven day. from where heaven heaven yeah no we're going back to the solitary yeah. that's kind of uh, uh, exactly where um uh what I meant is like I I, I have breakfast <laughs> I study I meditate mm. but then all those different bits you, in my experience don't seem to add up yeah. to anything like you all as you say you have the yeah, bits of the day to say. and you. then they just kind of they don't <laughs> add up to something bigger yeah and that that is super painful for me but yeah. I just have to then learn to kind of step back a bit and wait for it to mm. to to get a momentum because mm. then once like after usually seven days or, or mm. longer it actually then starts to 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 generate momentum that's where you need experience though isn't yeah. it you need some experience to understand that uh well it's like karma isn't the whole thing about planting seeds yeah you planted it and then you, you think oh, well this is a disaster nothing's happened i've been here a whole day yeah nothing's happened yeah but it probably take two weeks to get a momentum going yeah, three yeah. weeks maybe yeah. two months you know i've definitely had periods where i've just fallen off completely mm. i was quite lucky in a way i was mm. really going for it then i completely fell off for about mm six months mm. it didn't come back overnight mm. yeah whatever was there before that was running before this kind of positive energy it took actually it took a whole year maybe more before anything started coming back online and i was like oh wow okay that's that's like yeah. momentum yeah. then yeah. Yeah. you know you've got to be aware of that and it, but then you have faith because you do it again you build it up again oh i can actually build this 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 even this pre- positive pressure up again mm. 
Ja. Shall we look into you, Paul? Oh, God. Oh, good. We can, yeah. It's not only Jesus, but also yeah, no. God. <laughs> it's Jesus and God. Yeah, come on, man. Let's bring them in. It's integration. There's God, there's Jesus. You need to come down, yeah. Yeah, they're all coming down. Here we go. Here we go. So this is from a uh, book of aphorisms from Sangharachita called uh, Stream of Stars. And uh, I don't know why I like this. I think probably because, I, I like this quote probably because of, let me read it first. Yeah. Yeah, that makes more sense. Okay. Formerly one needed courage to attack institutions. Now one needs courage to defend them. And still more courage to create them. I'll read that again, yeah? Formerly one needed courage to attack institutions. Now one needs courage to defend them. And still more courage to create them. Mm -hmm. mm. Hmm. Well, yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> no, I just, I, I just, it really, I just, it kind of struck me because, uh, well, I've lived in, well, I've lived in a retreat center in Padmaloka and moving to Berlin. You could call this place an institution. Mm. I've got very positive associations with places like the London Buddhist Center, which, I mean, it depends what you, what you think an institution is as well. In a way, it does relate to the poem, you know, yeah. in the sense of like, uh, the bigger picture and large numbers of people and a culture and a handing on of something that isn't just you. It's not just you doing some amazing podcast by yourself and then being a celebrity and writing an amazing book and <laughs> oh, I'm so fabulous. And, you know, actually there's a lot of people involved mm. and you hand on something without even being aware of it. Mm. And so I don't know. I just figure like at the moment, or well, just exactly that, what you just said. Yeah, maybe one needed courage to destroy all these negative institutions. But I think building building them is really difficult. Creating the right culture, generating them. I just wanted to I just wanted to say read that quote for a kind of positive a little kind of thumbs up for institutions actually. Because mm. there's a lot of good institutions and just the word itself now is almost like a dirty word. Mm. You know, like we're not really but I think the reason and one of the reasons when it's so negative about institutions as well is because yeah, we're completely, we're in an age of individualism, yeah, where it's all about us. But the only reason we can be that is because we have like massive technologies that mm. there's a different kind of, uh, what you might call hierarchy or even royalty, you yeah. know, in, soft, in Silicon Valley. And, yeah. you know, we think, oh, I'm an individual now, I don't need institutions, it's all online. But it's like, uh, yeah, but there's a back end to that whole mm. online process, you know, there's a whole world behind that. And it's easy to knock down institutions and people trying to build things up on a, on a, with other people but the, you know not to lose sight of the fact that uh the only reason we think we're that way is because we got this internet stuff and mm. and someone that i was really i was watching this great program it's it really obvious but like these software engineers they're like listen if something's free that means you're the product yeah, yeah. You, you're paying for something yeah. if you think the product's free it means yeah. you're the product yeah I think, oh wow anyway that's just mm. like yeah. Tan yeah. tangent yeah. <laughs> never mind yeah but i think i mean it's 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 difficult to create institutions mm. and it takes time and effort and commitment. So I mm. think that's probably not very popular. So what is an institution but though? What, what, do you, what, yeah. is it? Number, I mean, what is it? What, what? Do, what do you, when you hear the word institution, mm. maybe it's, what is it in German? Institution. Okay, good. So what, <laughs> <Very similar laughs> what do you, what's that? Well, I think the first thing that came to mind is that it fits perfectly because we, we talked about conditions, isn't it? So an institution is just something that sets conditions. Mm. Yeah. That sets something, mm -hmm. Uh, that creates uh, a framework mm. yeah mm -hmm. and you know some institutions are rigid some institutions are a bit less rigid you know mm -hmm. and uh, 
So I just think I just think um, to create uh, an institution, um, well, in our Buddhist sense, would mean well to create a, a good community, a good, mm-hmm. uh, but also a good place. You know, like our retreat center that we yeah. that we've built. That is an institution yeah. that allows people to step into that realm. Mm. So is it, phys- is, it in a, is, is it a physical place? It doesn't have to be, but it, it, it obviously obviously physicality is is a big yeah uh, is a big role. It's important, mm-hmm. like. I think just having our Buddhist center, having the shrine room, that communicates something mm. um, already. So communication, I think, happens mm. on different levels, on yeah, physicality, right. on materiality. And I also think it's probably a way of interacting with each other, which can also mm. be an institution. Or well, we're here, like, aren't we, in the library? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, no, uh, and I was thinking of, um, of course, I mean, we started the community, uh, a women's community at the beginning of the year, and... I think it was also kind of with the with the question like mm. how can we mm. in a city like Berlin mm. with all the rising um, rents and all that oh. create a model or find a way of establishing a oh. community oh. that would also probably not only work for ourselves but maybe mm. even beyond that. I Future mean, we're generations. Just, yeah, yeah, so yeah. because we also, I mean, we've also been thinking of creating a charity or something and to, to kind of create a bit more institutionalized structures mm. that mm. would make it easier for people mm. to kind of copy that mm-hmm. model because I mm. also feel like it, sometimes it, maybe it's too it's too difficult if you don't if you just come along and you have no idea how shall I do it and yeah. then just having people setting an example mm. is uh, probably quite mm. um, it's quite a thing it, isn't it it's, it's, it's beneficial I yeah. guess because mm. yeah. I mean I guess you have to have the 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 spirit of it needs to be uh you need to be really in touch with that don't you like the the kind of well the spirit like we we're talking about the the whole transmit this that spiritual force mm. it's quite a thing because you've got to be in touch with that and at the same time you've also got to be skillful in in world in a worldly sense if you want to you say it in that way but do you know what I mean you've got to be able to build things and connect things and sort out things in an office and building projects there's a whole kind of but if you just go too weighted on that in terms of like the actual um, technicalities of it, the utilitarian side of it, and you lose the spirit, it just comes empty. Mm-hmm. And then if you're too in the spirit, so to speak, uh, which isn't actually the spirit, because then you then you get all kind of self-indulgent. But then I think it's like, there's another great quote in here about uh, Banti talking about energy. If you And if you do have that spirit, to call it that, the, the, the natural impulse is to bring it out to people, isn't it? There's a natural wanting to communicate mm-hmm. and connect with people. Mm-hmm. And then I guess you have to figure out what the most effective way of doing that is. So, um, yeah, I think, I think there's a real, there's a huge necessity, especially these days, actually, for places where people can gather communally in larger numbers, uh, meet each other, um, get things going, you know, and move, kind of move away from a whole, in a way from a kind of celebrity culture where you have a kind of, you know the glorious individual mm. and uh but not then again not get all weird and kind of repressive mm. and you know oh no one's better than anyone you know these weird things that happen mm. institutions i mean they happen mm. with us isn't it in tree right now we get these weird mm. kind of stuff going mm. on and you don't yeah. want that i think it's probably more about a mythic context as well like mm. people need mm. a positive myth yeah, and right. some something to connect their own myth and mm. their own life stories mm, mm, within mm. a larger mm. myth so yeah, this was an point. idea of Bunty yeah. that I always really really liked that he said we create a mythic context for mm. people so that they can relate their personal mm. myths oh. within a much broader mm. myth the mm. myth of the Dharma and the only myth mm. that actually mm. Um, mm. 
allows you to live a meaningful life mm. in the fullest sense. I and think this place is like that. That's yeah. how I experience it. I think that's what other people, mm. the people that I meet, they, you know, that are really connected, that's what they say in a way. Mm. You know, there's like a broader myth that you can all mm. live together somehow, but explore your own personal mm. world as well within. Mm. And and uh, also uh, the um, the quote reminded me of something I just read and I found really inspiring that Bante also said, you cannot... Um, Buddhism will only kind of um, start to take root in our society um, when we have institutions and mm. when we when we exemplify institutions and mm. we exemplify lifestyles. So mm. you can't just go mm. on and sit somewhere and yeah, meditate. Right. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to kind of create yeah. institutions mm -hmm. because otherwise... Mm. Mm. Um, I mean, that's just practically true, isn't it? Yeah, yeah because you need... Yeah. Uh, it, it just need, There just need to be normal yeah. people who live Buddhist lives <laughs> yeah. and live li uh, lives I mean, that are different to, yeah. from the rest of the uh, society. So. Yeah. And there needs to be somewhere to actually... There need, it needs to actually exist. Yeah. It's no good just being a, a Facebook group, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like you've actually got to exist <laughs> yeah. in the real world, which means bills got to get paid, things got to get done. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I think, uh, you know, it needs, like having a myth or having that kind of intensity of practice, that needs to be protected, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I think an institution, I was thinking of that oh. as a protector, oh, really. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or like a gatekeeper, almost. Yeah. That's the institution you use, setting up the community mm. and you're talking mm. about, well, it needs to function within the world mm. so that so that within you have actually the freedom to practice and to mm. live out that myth. Because mm -hmm. otherwise it'll get just dragged down by, you know, um, yeah, yeah. practicalities. Well, and also it get, I think it, you, you can get diluted as well with other yeah. ideas. You do need, I mean, frankly, you do need a strength of tradition. You need, like we're saying, you need people to understand what that tradition is. Mm. But then living from the spirit of it rather than mm. the letter, but you need a place where that exists, an actual place. Mm. Otherwise... It just, like you say, you get other people turning up with their idea and this idea and no disrespect to anyone, you know, everyone's got, people have great ideas, but at the end of the day, if you've chosen, if you think, oh, this person actually, like Sangharachita, for example, if he's your teacher, it's like, oh, this person, you look at their life, you think they've really done this, they've lived this and they've done it, this is the person I'm following. That's what you want to be communicating in a way. Otherwise you just end up with loads of, like, like he said, loads of mini gurus, you know, you've got loads of these, <laughs> we're all there kind of being little gurus and uh, mm. it doesn't really work. Mm. Um But I was interested in this whole thing about, uh, well, this whole business of saying, um, well, the, the, him using the word courage. Mm. Yeah, I can understand, you know, uh, back in a, well, okay, if there's a, rep a repressive kind of institution, which I'm sure you can bring to mind, yeah, that you need courage to uh, attack that because you're most likely going to get in big trouble. But then why do you need courage to defend an institution and then also courage to create one? I was thinking about that as well. I mean, me personally, my own experience of being here, especially in a place like Berlin, um, there's a whole kind of, I don't know about anti-authoritarian, mm -hmm. uh, which is fine. I'm comfortable with that. Every city has its own culture. There's a real kind of anti-authoritarian, for, probably for good reasons when you look at what's happened in this place. Yeah, but... Um, just teaching here as well I find myself now and then I'm uh, not naming any names but you know now and then it's like I find myself people looking at me like I'm some kind of uh, authority figure that they're like oh yeah who do you think you are then and it's like <laughs> I think Jesus oh Jesus yeah. like, sorry but anyway yeah. you know what I mean I think Jesus he's like and what I'm trying to do is communicate something and you but you, I think in a way I've had I have actually experienced that as courage in a way because I feel yeah. like the mob <laughs> sometimes it's against me we're like just saying oh can we do it like this or do it like that it's like oh you're yeah. the boss are you and it's like no well yeah. do you know what I mean so anyway, it's that just, balance isn't it I was yeah. just curious about the word courage courage you know? yeah, yeah 
and maybe because we're not under pressure uh but you can easily imagine like uh, things can change here they certainly change in other parts of the world where you probably do need courage to defend a, an institution actually well just in a practical sense just working uh in the office here or you know seeing rather than ivy on the on the management team here mm. you know it's like the day-to-day -day business mm. of it is already you know that we're really trying to set up mm. a place where, where we don't have to bother about what we're actually doing here you know because there's so yeah. much coming in from the outside mm, mm. trying to oh mm. why don't you do it like this why don't you do that mm, 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 mm. you know i'm 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 doing the emails there's <laughs> a lot of <laughs> that's courageous work <laughs> suggestions coming in but then obviously you want to be i i think that's the mm. that's the tricky bit is like you want to be open for well what does the world need mm. but then also you need to be very very firm in your own understanding of uh uh well, the dharma you know the, yeah. the buddhist teaching so you yeah. want to be You need to be. You need to be quite wise, I think, in order to make the right, mm. right decision to say, "Well, we're not doing that." Thank you very much. Mm. But yeah, we are going to do this because you will uh, get the hate off it. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, it just happens. You know, you yeah. start suggesting certain things, yeah. and it's and you do you get you get this in a completely un uh, non institutional world now, where there's a kind of uh, people are not keen on hierarchy at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They do all these weird hierarchies and perceived hierarchy. You, 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 you probably do need a bit of courage actually mm. to just. Mm create institutions that mm. uh anyway i'm all for yeah. them you know in a good sense if you can hand some something because it's like to do with your life's work at the end of the day it's like mm. you know i would hope that all of this stuff completely outlives all of us mm. you know mm. everyone here everyone living you'd hope that there's some so otherwise what's the point you know mm. you'd hope there's some kind of uh, generational handing on and some kind of something that outlives your own life yeah but i really um think that um Yeah, for that, we really need a sense of tradition somehow. Mm -hmm. And we need to create something where it's much stronger for people to grasp our lineage mm -hmm. and what we want to kind of hand on. Mm. And I think this is also something that probably isn't, it's probably not even uh, easy within Triatna itself yeah, to kind of create... not easy amongst all the members. No. To create that <laughs> sense of what is it that yeah. uh, we want to pass on. And yeah. I think that's that's where the courage is as well, because mm. I think it really needs... Because otherwise, I, I don't think that it um, something will survive without that strong root um, yeah. in the kind of mm. lineage of those who've gone before. Yeah. And yeah. Um, otherwise, it, it will just be too... too whatever it, it will disperse. disperse and i think yeah. you've got to also be you i guess of my feeling especially being here is like you've got to be sensitive to the actual spirit of things when it kind of emerges either in somebody you know or collectively to be like oh no actually this is really this is it yeah yeah you know, so i've had it where I, it's almost dawned, it's almost crept up on me from behind you know i've been like, oh, i do this do that and we create this class and the Anbanti said this and we and then you look and there's a little pocket of something where something's actually alive you're like oh no that's it oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you do all the technicalities and now and then stuff, wherever it happens, whether it's here or uh, my main uh, point of uh, context before is like in London and these little, and Pabmalok and these little places where it kind of pops up and you're like, oh, right, that's, that's it. And it's not like a given, like, oh, it's going to be forever, but you get, you get a time and you just like this little flame, you've got to kind of fan the flame somehow and pay attention to it. And because I think that carries the tradition, doesn't it? Mm. Actually, that's that living spirit, spirit is alive. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what's carrying it forward. Mm -hmm. I and mean, that's what's attractive to people as well. Otherwise, it's just like, well, why would you get into it if you didn't feel yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Ungraspable. Ungraspable and yeah. mysterious. Yeah. And nothing to do with Jesus. <laughs> that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. I think we're... 
towards yep. the end. <laughs> well, that was very good. <laughs> a really enjoyable conversation. Very good. Yeah, let's yeah, do it good. again. Yeah. yeah. Let's do yeah. It again. Well, thanks. Thanks, you guys. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. you. And thanks Great. for listening. Great. <laughs> See you. Happy See you Christmas. Even oh, yeah. I'm not yeah. allowed to support Jesus anymore. No. But happy Christmas. Well, yeah. <laughs> It's it's the pagan uh, pagan 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 Jesus ritual of solstice winter okay. solstice happy yeah. winter solstice fantastic <laughs> see you next year <laughs> or hear you next year yeah ciao